0: Yo, head up, think fast, you're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net, oh yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net, so get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host, yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look, and don't forget to sign our Facebook, cause what they doing is board games, video games, yeah they on it, they fly like a comet, interviews, you's up, this podcast is pure, give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure, geek out any topic, no one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it, so if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com.
1: Welcome to episode 79 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I am Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Apparently your inner geek's slightly unprepared today. (laughs) That's how I feel, anyway. (laughs) I'm good. I'm ready to go. Uh, I don't know why, I just feel like something's off for me, anyway, today. Don't project your problems
2: on me. I told you I'm having a relatively good day.
1: Not angry or anything. Maybe that's it. That's, you're not angry. What is this? That's this my sense issue. of
2: neutrality in my heart. That's
1: my issue. right Yeah. It's not to say like I'm happy. I'm just not angry. It's, it's kind of sad when your heart grows three sizes to neutrality. Heart grew three sizes that day. Still didn't care that much. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, what else do you have for general? <laughs> well, we're on Mixler for now. <laughs> One more recording after this. Yes. So uh, for those that uh, were not around last time, uh, you know, we got Mike. And Mike, I don't remember if you were at the beginning of the last episode. But Mixler's cutting us off on May 17th. They're getting rid of their free version. So... We actually record on May 16th, so we will get that recording in, and that will be the last one on Mixler. Ever. Um, ever. <laughs> unless rolling into the next one, unless our Patreon somehow gets to $100 a month. I, think that I reset uh, that pledge level or whatever so that it included bringing Mixler back. Uh, I still got to go through. I'm going to reset some of our other stuff on Patreon since a lot of things have changed. But that was the one I knew... And where and where the cutoff was, so I went ahead and changed that that little stretch goal or whatever they
2: call it. I'm just happy to be back to basic funding. Yeah, I appreciate everybody that stuck with us during the hiatus and yeah. then came back pretty quickly in the last month or so. Yeah,
1: yeah it's it's great. You guys are awesome. Uh, you know, despite sometimes Jordan and I having conversations about how a lot of people just act like we don't exist or don't know we exist. <laughs> Uh, not an act if they don't. Yeah. We clearly have a very great core audience that is willing to support us to continue this, and that's why we still do this, because really, everybody else makes us question it sometimes. <laughs> uh, so yes, I updated our Patreon to include Mixler. Because I don't know, I, maybe, I know we don't get a, a ton of people right now. It would be nice if that would continue to grow on Mixler if we keep it around. So that's why I thought I'd add it to the Patreon, because it's been kind of fun to, to do this. and Just have, have, have some, some interaction, interaction yeah. some immediate feedback.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Takes me up suicide a lot.
1: <laughs> We've mentioned a couple different times that we are going to do a, a game design contest over on the Game Crafter. Just an update on that, I have submitted our rules over to JT for review. So now it's just a matter of JT and I figuring out when they can start a new contest, and we'll let people know. But to let people know, uh, at one point, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast as much, but we were talking about maybe doing a component based Mm -hmm. contest. Jordan and I talked about it a little bit, and we decided we're going to go with a hidden movement contest. We thought that would be kind of fun. And I'm don't recall one being on the gamecraft or or if it has been it's been quite a while but we thought it'd be fun to kind of judge a a contest about uh, creating a game with hidden movement so kind of like your fury of dracula and nuns on the run those type of games so look for that in the future like said it's uh, over to jt and jt and i'll have a conversation here soon hopefully and, and we'll get it on the books
2: it's not going to drive many uh, meeples slash cube
1: sales, though. <laughs> hidden movement. <laughs> Never know. Depends on where the hidden me- movement it is. Maybe you're moving meeples around and they get slaughtered by like the the, the chud. Ooh. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. I like it. There's <laughs> my entry. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Friends and family of all going on enter. All right, that's all I kind of had for general. Unless you had anything, I got nothing. All right, so then I guess we'll go to game review, sponsored by Don Z. Don Z. Don Z. The Don Z. The Who is having his game day soon? Game weekend. Yes, the gaming business weekend. Yes. Fortunately, I had the RSVP no. I am sort of on the bubble for that. Well, it's when I'm judging CT Fig. So well, you know. we'll be in Connecticut. <laughs> Tabletop simulator. <laughs> there you go. So thank you, Don, for sponsoring us over on Patreon. And tonight we're going to review Clank, a deck building adventure. Yes. By Renegade Games. <laughs> Published by Renegade, yeah. Who is, uh, as we talked about, Kind of a... Picking up everything. Yeah, a, <laughs> quite the up-and-coming publisher. They started off with a ton of games that they picked up that were already published somewhere, including at least one that we've reviewed in the past for the previous mm-hmm. <laughs> owner of the game. And, but, yeah, they're also starting to kind of move into their own games, just picking them, picking them up and... and from the designer and publishing on them themselves. So they, they've got a lot of things. I've, I've, I think I've seen two or three other things in the works here at least recently, mm-hmm. and I know at least two or three designers that are getting ready to pitch to them. Oh, cool. I mean, so they're they're definitely a publisher that people are actively looking at for sure. All right, so we're going to talk about Clank. All right, so what, what do you got for us on Clank? Clank, a deck-building
2: adventure in which... Two to four players take on the role of thieves, raiding the dragon's board, trying to get the best artifact or artifacts possible, along with other little bits and bobs of treasure
1: and cards and, well, I guess cards are also treasure. We all know how well a party of thieves work together in a dungeon. (laughs) Oh.
2: This would be an excellent crossover with Cutthroat Caverns. (laughs) Once everybody's out of the Clank dungeon, go to Cutthroat, or just once everybody's in the above ground section, go to Cutthroat Caverns to see who comes out. (laughs) And after that nice tangent, Clank, a deck-building adventure (laughs) in which two to four players play thieves, trying to raid the dragon's horde, gathering up as much treasure as possible, and making it out alive. Mm -hmm. Or at the very
1: least, unconscious. Making out to the yeah the, the above up, upper up yeah above ground yeah. before you get k.o. would k.o. Oh, and it was so close.
2: <laughs> ah, so as it says in the
1: title, it's a deck building game,
2: and it is uh, kind of stealth based in that the major mechanic is in the name clank. Many things that you do create noise. This alerts the dragon to your presence. And then, when the dragon decides it's time to breathe fire on you, that amount of clank is also going to determine potential damage you receive. Mm-hmm. So it's a deck builder. All players start off with the same basic cards, and then there's a tableau of basic reinforcements, things like explorers and mercenaries, and a magic tome stuff everybody has access to. And then there's a six-card like re-
1: refill market or yeah, market you call it,
2: yeah. from the uh, the dragon deck. And that's, I'm not quite sure how many cards, but it's a fairly big deck. There's multiples of each type of card that you might find in there. And you build your deck by buying either from the static cards or from the refilling tablet or the marketplace. As you buy cards, you are kind of generating resources like you would. If you're familiar with deck builders, you're going to hopefully get a little engine going to build combat movement and... What's it called in this game? Well, I'm just going to go with money. Gold, yeah. yeah. I think it's just gold. Well, there's all, gold is a separate plan.
1: Oh, okay. Um, oh, you mean the blue? Yeah, yeah the I, blue gotcha. I gotcha.
2: And then, where was I? So yeah, building your resources, and as with all deck builders, you have a hand of cards. You, well, not with all of them, because some of them do do a different But in this particular case, you have a hand of cards. You can play them in any order you want, and it generate your resources into a pool. As I mentioned before, movement, attack, and money. Some cards have special abilities, allow you to draw a card, remove clank, whatever. That's kind of stealthing you up a little bit. And then on your turn, after you've played your card and prompt any abilities, you have your pool of currencies to spend. You can attack if there are monsters on the on the, on the the marketplace. or yeah,
1: we got to come up with something better, because yeah. there is actually a marketplace. Because there is a marketplace too, yes.
2: Uh, You can buy stuff from the uh, off-board marketplace, uh, or you can move around. It's important to note that you can't move unless you have cards that generate boots. You can't attack unless you have cards that generate swords. You can't buy unless you have cards that generate money. So uh, in your starting hand, there's a little bit of each and some negatives. Cards called stumble, that generate clank. And when you generate clank, you take some... Everybody has... A large supply of little cubes that track both your hits and your noise. When you generate Clank, you throw it onto the Clank Square. And then, should the unthinkable happen, and you reveal a card with a dragon, that it alerts the dragon to your presence, and the dragon attacks. All the Clank that's currently on the board goes in the bag, and then you draw X number of squares, X number of cubes, based on where the dragon is on its
1: rage path. Rage path,
2: yeah. So it's a pretty straightforward game. The core game. There is an expansion for this, but we're just going to talk about the the, uh, the core game. It has a double-sided map, and the the setup instructions in the book are strictly for one side of the map. But once you've played the game, it's pretty easily interchangeable. You just the biggest change is the marketplace and the location. Well, everything Uh, changes, but the biggest change is the location of the marketplace. On one side of the board, the marketplace is in the center. On the other side of the board, the marketplace is kind of dispersed into multiple spots.
1: Yeah, it's randomized what you can buy where, I think, on the other side. yeah.
2: So on your turn, you're going to hopefully attack something, hopefully buy something, (laughs) and hopefully be able to move around. On the map, it tells you which directions you can go. Some tunnels are one-way only. Some tunnels are locked. You'll need keys or magical abilities. Uh, Some tunnels have monsters in them, and if you go through them, you either just take unanswerable damage, or if you have swords, you can defend against the attacking monsters and proceed down your path. If you have one boot, you can move one space. If you have two boots, you can move two spaces or one tunnel that has a two movement requirement. Some tunnels do have movement requirements like that. It's gonna go around, Clockwise, each player is going to do the same thing. You're going to draw, you're going to play your cards the best you can, take whatever negatives you generate from your own hand, take whatever negatives you might generate from buying something in the off-board marketplace, (laughs) because not everything down there is positive. Monsters do show up, and there might be negatives to fighting the monsters. There are uh, high victory point items down there, but there's also potential negatives to acquiring them usually in the form of noise. So you buy. You're not required to do any of the items, uh, any of those actions, I should say. But you may, uh, up to a max of whatever you've generated. If you've got four movement, but you only want to go one, you don't have to use the other three. There are certain tiles, certain squares on the map called the Crystal Caves that end your movement no matter how much you have. If you have to go into a Crystal Cave, even though you have only four boots, you lose the rest of your boot jacket. So it's it's uh, a quick setup. Uh, there's randomizing a little bit based on the number of players. Some tiles, uh, artifacts come out, some don't. At max players, everything's populated. There's small and large mysteries that go around the board along with the artifacts. And then there's marketplace. We'll talk Ma- about that. Major and
1: minor secrets, I think. That, right? Yes. Yep.
2: And then where was I? The, the marketplace, and we'll get to that in a minute. The actual onboard marketplace. <laughs> so everybody's going to take their turns whatever you buy uh is replaced at the end of your turn So according to bgg there's a couple threads that debate that. the rule book is pretty liberal in some of its or pretty casual i should say in some of its descriptions and there's a couple people on there that feel in this book turn means around not each player but all players
1: which um, I didn't think that at all. I, no. I mean, they talk about a player's turn, so yes. that, that's where they associate a turn with.
2: And it's a very simple deck-building concept. You buy things to expand your deck. There's some things that will allow a small engine to grow, mostly based on card draws. There's no action engine like in you know Dominion or anything like that because you're allowed to do whatever you want with your cards, however many cards you have. So you buy, fight, or move, and it's rinse and repeat. You start outside of the town. The map is divided into two sections, uh, the dungeon above ground and the depths uh, below ground. Once you get below ground, I believe all the artifacts are below ground. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So mysteries above ground and stuff that might be gold or movement potions or healing potions or whatever above ground. But all the artifacts that you're going to want are below ground. Uh, So you've got to start above ground. Work your way to the below ground section somewhere, which is technically the dragon's lair. Grab your artifact, and then the key is you have to actually get back out. Mm-hmm. So if you get knocked out underground, uh, you're out there. If you get knocked out above ground, the townsfolk rescue you.
1: And you have a chance to. Well, you to get beat. to basically keep whatever points you got. Yeah.
2: Which, depending how you did, might still get you a victory, even though you got knocked out. Mm-hmm. If you're knocked out, I don't think you get the mastery But anyways, yeah, you don't. go in, you pilfer the dragon's lair, you build, hopefully, a fairly efficient engine, and then get it. Yeah. It's highly fantasy-themed, because you're thieves, uh, all dressed up in leather armor with oven boots, oven clothes, and everything like that.
1: But that's what you do. Yeah. And you have to get one, at least, you have to get a- an artifact to leave the dungeon and to, to get any of your points. Correct. And the other thing is that the artifacts, the, the closer they are to the above ground, the less points they're worth. And in base game, in base fact, and you can't have one artifact and you can't drop it. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those kind of push your luck things as well, where do I continue down deeper into the depths and go lower which is means I'm going to have to spend more time trying to get out, but it's a higher-cost artifact that's going to get me more points. So that's that's kind of one of those push-your-luck decisions you got to make. There is a backpack you can buy from the marketplace that allows you to take two artifacts, but again, once you've picked up an artifact or your two artifacts, you can't drop it for, say, another one. If suddenly you've got a bunch of movement in your hand and you can make it somewhere, but you've picked up an artifact, doesn't matter. You're either using it to go get other loot to increase your score or make your way out of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, first thing is components for Clank. What did you think of the components? I like them. The cards
2: are nice stock. The board itself is good. The it, It's easily legible, both sides of it, despite the world. Everything is easily seen for, for both... Uh, Set up and navigating the tunnels. The tunnels are nice and white against the darker background. Everything's visible. The wooden cubes are wooden cubes, and you know, meeples are wooden meeples, and the dragon meeple is a big dragon meeple. So there's not a lot that can be said about that, except we didn't get splinters. <laughs> Those are standard. Anything that you're going to see in a, in a wooden cube, you kind of meeple game. Um, the color is um, What else is there? The the cardboard is for the various tokens and markers, gold, the mysteries and whatnot. It, it's all good quality. Everything is pretty good quality. There's nothing there that tore when you popped it. The cards did not start to bend immediately on first shuffle anything like that. tree, I think is pretty good. Okay. All
1: right. So components, I agree with Jordan about the components. They are are good components. They're they quality. Um, the only thing, and I gotta. This is where I bring it up. The insert technically yes ticks me off. It's another company that's done this weird, and it's not the first one. And, and there's another one that we'll probably oh, eventually be, be talking about. But the it, it's kind of funny because they started to make it like for the game certain said No, now I'm actually thinking of the other one. Now I am crossing the two bad inserts. So it's got an it's got an insert. The the only problem I have with the insert is again this is mostly there's a lot of cards and stuff it's a deck building game they they made the insert for the section for the cards in such a way where they wasted a ton of space they made these weird little wells that they're kind of like specific fit for a certain number of cards and then there's a bunch of open space and then there's another well for a specific fit of cards and they came out with an expansion. It didn't take them that long to come out with an expansion. I mean, it's a deck builder. You kind of go in thinking there's going to be expansions. Why waste the space in, in the insert? That is my only grip. And again, it's minor. It doesn't have to do with actual gameplay, but it is something that I look at in components, mm-hmm. and that bothered me. <laughs> Everything else, the actual components for the game, are good and they're quality components. Mechanics! Uh, so the mechanics, like Jordan had talked about, the primary mechanic... I mean, it's a deck builder, but the core mechanic that they've kind of built the deck building dungeon crawl thing around was the clank. Was, was the clank. So the noise that you create in the dungeon... I know Jordan said it. I'm not sure... How, I don't know if you went into a of tum- deal. So you, you produce a lot of clank onto the board... Not well. Well, not necessarily a lot, but you produce clank onto the board. But it, but you might have a chance to mitigate that mm-hmm. before the dragon attacks. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know you talked about it, but I don't know if we. Kinda, no, I figured we'd go into a bit detail. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that's that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, you one, it might m- matter for you how you play your cards, because maybe you got a card in your hand, or maybe you're going to buy something that's going to produce clank. And then maybe you have something in your hand that can reduce Clank. So if you already don't have Clank on the Clank area, then you're going to play those cards in a certain order or do those actions in a certain order before you do the cards. And then you and then you can also potentially hopefully plan for mitigating some of your Clank. But every time you buy from the off-board market, <laughs> it gets refilled. Uh, so there's always six cards out there. So... It gets refilled at the end of your turn, so you're you're not refilling it as you buy, but at the end of your turn, you refill that. And if one of the cards that comes out with a dragon attack, then all the clank that's remaining that hasn't been mitigated gets thrown into the bag. And in that bag are already a bunch of of dragon cubes. But then there's all the noise you made, and all the noise everybody else has made. And like Jordan said, you pull out a certain number, and and that all becomes damage. And every time you draw a dragon token. Or cube, it gets put aside, and so there's fewer dragon cubes left over the next time you have to pull. So it, it's an interesting mechanic, and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good implementation. It, it is kind of funny, you know, how much you stumble, especially well, in the beginning. But it's, every it's some yeah, of your base cards, everybody's
2: base card has two stumbles, which do nothing except just generate a clank each. One.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: first two three rounds you're you're generating clank every
1: other turn. Yeah. But I I I really enjoyed the mechanic. I, I, I think thought, it's a really good way of ramping up threat
2: without necessarily being a beat stick. It, it's not that kind of game. You know, it's not there to be it, it's competitive but not not beat down competitive. So it's a good way of being the motivator to get in and get out but also to increase uh, attention. You know, it's you look over at the pile of black cubes, there's only one or two out. Ah, it's heavily weighted towards the dragon. Oh, crap, that looks like about 10 of the 20 cubes are out now. <laughs> things are getting dangerous. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, overall for mechanics, what did you think? I mean, we talked I think, about it a little bit. I think it's pretty solid.
2: The Clank core mechanic, I, I like. It's pretty pretty original. I don't recall a lot of things quite like that. I mean, there's threat tracks and stuff like that, but the randomness of when it goes in and how mm-hmm. it ramps up, I like that. And the way your cards come out and you can use them in any order, kind of like the Legendary games, It's I, I like that as well. Mechanically, A flows to B, flows to C very well. Everything on the cards makes sense, and everything flows well. Playing it, the, mechanically playing it, we didn't run into many matches.
1: No, it, it was uh, it was pretty solid. And one of the things is like healing becomes like super valuable. Yes. Like we didn't see a ton of healing cards. I know you got one or two. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really got. I got one that I could choose. Yeah, I got I one artifact, And there's one spot on the map. And I think
2: it's a there's two or three potions, right? Yeah, like, there's potions. Depending on how those come out, you might not
1: see all three of them or two of them on the map. Right. So, and again, if you get KO'd, especially if you're underground, then you're, you're SOL, you're done. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, though, is, is like if you heal, you're basically giving yourself more cubes to put out as clank. Yes. Because <laughs> they just go back to your, your clank pile to, to use. But that's better than <laughs> KOing. Because if you run out of clank cubes, you oh, to just stumble another day. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lucky. Yes. You're lucky. You don't have to put in any more clank. I don't know if I'd consider that lucky. <laughs> that just means you know it can only get worse for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, overall the the mechanics the 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 deck building is pretty solid. I mean, it's it's fairly what you're used to in a deck builder. In in a lot of cases, that's not a bad thing. You know, where it's
2: it the deck build building aspect of it doesn't really break new ground.
1: Right. But I mean, it, but. There are things I do enjoy about it. There's multiple uses of cards. There's mm-hmm. multiple abilities. Sometimes on cards, or like you have an ability, and and you can still use it for payments, and you don't have to choose, you know, am I using the ability or the payment? That kind of thing. You use all the icons that you get. That kind of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it doesn't break new ground, but it's it's done well. It yes. it, it doesn't break <laughs> what's already been established either. So that is great. And then the Clank mechanic is is pretty solid and really makes this game. So I, I love the mechanic. So mm-hmm. uh, now we go on to rules. I'll let you go first. And, and th- this is going to be my only knock rules on Rules for Clank. Just Death in case Chris shows up.
2: This is really going to be my only knock on it. And you actually kind of just covered it. Mike, right. You said, I made a joke, it doesn't break new ground. And you said... It doesn't break what's established,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's that's my problem with the rule book. It assumes a base level of knowledge on deck builders. Mm-hmm. It's a very casual rule book. It gives you everything you need to know to get set up and start playing. Gives you iconography of all the cards and everything does. Tells you how to set up for one side of the map for your first play. Gives you. A sufficient number of examples of all the cards and what's going to happen, what this exclamation mark means, what the boot means, what the sword means, how to read, any kind of special rules that may be going on, stuff like reveal or acquire or stuff like that, when it comes out of the monster deck the first time or when you buy it. So it gives you enough of what you do, what you do need to know. But then they make assumptions like you know what a turn is as opposed to around or you know that discarding a card means it's n- it's never actually in play you know because we ran right, into yeah. that with one of your abilities and we had to kind of look to see because you were discarding a, clank, a a stumble card which would generate clank but technically you were not using it it was just going straight from your hand to out of play and there's no explanation of yeah. you know in the FFG flowchart of actions, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I rip on that a lot, but they leave some stuff out in this book. So there is an assumption that you have played other deck-building games, and or at least one other person at the table has. So if you just go by this book, and nobody at the table has ever played a deck-building game, there's probably going to be a handful of questions. I've made them pretty basic, and stuff you could probably find on a FAQ or on BGG or something like that in their rules form for this game. But... It's just uh, a book with no pages. So what is this? Maybe 10 pages at most, including yeah. front and back cover. Uh, yeah. And the, the back cover is a reference guide for everything you're going to find on the board. And that's good. And then the last couple, the last uh, non-credit page is explanation of all the keywords you're going to find on cards. So it gives you everything you need. It gives you two good reference pages. But it makes assumptions that you have at least one level in, in in deck building experience.
1: Yeah. Overall it's it's not a horrible rule book. But I agree because that was my frustration right when we first started, right? Because it was like the it doesn't give you like the breakdown of a turn and all that kind of stuff. Even though I mean it kinda says along the top these certain phases. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was gonna be like the breakdown of a turn. It's really not. It's it's uh, so it was kind of weird that way. And and things like spending your cards and how many cards you even get, that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. was all in a sentence structure paragraph. Yeah. So it was like. How you know, how do I spend these cards? How do I what do I do? And so you had to read through the paragraph instead of kind of going, okay, you do this. You start with five cards, you you know that kind of thing. Um, there isn't, there isn't even like a, a breakdown of like the the card. Really. No, not really. Um, so I mean, even something like that. I mean, if I could have looked at that, I could have even kind of figured out on my own. Yeah, okay. So this is a cost thing. This is a, a spend thing. That kind of stuff. So th- there's a little bit of that, and and it's not bad. And I, I think I mentioned it when we were playing it. It was like. Reading it on my own before we played it, it made sense. Mm-hmm. But when you sit down to actually go, okay, let's re- remember what I read two weeks ago or whatever. Um, and, and like I said, kind of going, okay, how do we do this again? Oh, let me reread this paragraph. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Other than that, uh, a lot of the things that we looked up, we found relatively quickly mm-hmm. besides the beginning stuff. Some of it we, it was the keyword page. Some of it was they were kind of like the mastery token. At first we, we stumbled around for it, but when, I mean, the, the token is there in the book, and next to it show, tells you what it is, that kind of stuff. The, again, the reference guide on the back, uh, I like that. But again, it's, it's what you're going to find in the dungeon. It's not your turn order or anything like that, and there's a, a nice big blank spot on there that they could have done something with. So, yeah, overall, not a horrible rule book, and you're gonna get what you need out of it to play, but there's the potential for stumbling, especially if you've read it in advance and kind of put it aside and now bringing it back out right before you're going to play. All right, um, Teachability. what do you think of the teachability, sir? Well, this is one we can co-answer because we both kind <laughs> of
2: we both read the book weeks ago, and then we both tried to remember it on the fly. And we both look things up to clarify stuff for each other. So, I think the core mechanics are pretty teachable, even if your audience hasn't played a deck builder. Because the core mechanics of the deck building and the Clank are pretty simple. And everybody's kind of familiar with walking around a board somehow. Whether it's a dungeon delve like this or just walking around in a circle and talisman square kind of thing. (laughs) So, I think the teachability is generally good. And I think that there's no there's no need for advanced rules lawyering, even in the gray areas. It's pretty easy to come to a decision like that. The one thing we talked uh, about, we didn't talk about, but one of the other gray areas we found was going through the hallways of monsters. It says, if you have swords, you can avoid the damage. But it doesn't say that those swords are spent and you can't use them again. So we just acted like gentlemen and said, Okay. And that was the only time so far in 2017 I've acted like a gentleman, but <laughs> just seemed like common sense that they were spent. Yes, the gray areas that do pop up are not uh, big gray holes. <laughs> so I think the teachability is pretty pretty solid, pretty high.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty good, especially if you sat down, if you're teaching it, you've sat down with the rule book. It has you haven't spent enough time away from the rule book like we kind of did. It's, it's going to be decent. I think for people picking it up, uh, it's going to be pretty easy as well. It's just going to be a couple turns because, I mean, again, swords, what whatever the blue thing is for cost, the money. It, we can't say gold because there actually is gold, but uh, it's it's the currency that you use to buy other cards. Skill. Skill, that's right. So the skill skills which you use to buy other cards and then boots for movements. I mean, they're... Pretty standard icons. Once you get I used, I suppose them, you know technically what they
2: are. you're paying the skill
1: cost to steal. I guess to oh, be yeah. to be thematic, <laughs> it's, it's your skill to steal. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then everything is is text. It's card abilities, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, there's not going to be a. I mean, it, it's not like we read an ability and went what, which is good. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know when you got to add clink, you know when you get to remove clink, and you know when you're healing all that kind of stuff. So. Whenever they're giving you more movement or any of that kind of stuff, they use the icons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And their te- iconography is consistent yes. across all cards, whether it's a positive or a negative. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the teachability on this one is really high. And again, I think two, three turns tops, everybody's going to understand the flow pretty well, even if you're new to a deck builder. Maybe just one round if you're at full players and. Each person can see experience one round and see yeah. three other people do it. Mm-hmm. Alright, so replayability for Clank. Plus, how many times in a row would you play Clank? I think I think the
2: general replayability is, is fairly high. Uh, because I like that it's kind of a fantasy dungeon valve. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variety in the dragon deck. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the de- Dragon deck is pretty big. I mean, yep. we didn't get through the entire Dragon deck. According just to this, it's players. 100 cards. There
2: you go. Uh, with two boards in the core box and another double-sided board and some more cards coming in the expansion, that adds to it. Uh, and it kind of changes up also at the number of players, so as we mentioned, at fewer than four players, some of the artifacts come out. So maybe... Uh, you're not going to go to this one section of the board this game because there's no artifact there to entice you to come there, and you're just going to go work on the Monkey Idols and some of the other stuff over on this side of the board instead. So I think the replayability in general is pretty high. I think with the expansion coming out, that, or I should say it is out now, with the expansion that adds to it. And this is a game that, for a number of plays, I... I don't think I'd have a problem playing this for an entire evening. You know, if we do a... Sometimes, like, we do three- or four-hour session. Usually it's something else, but, you know. And, and we just go through this two, three, four times. I wouldn't have a problem with that. This yeah. is one that I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing on the table on a pretty regular basis. And since you have the expansion, definitely want to play
1: that as well. Yes. Yeah, replayability, I think, is pretty high. I think at max players... Everything is out, so there's not you're not necessarily at max players going to be like, oh, you're going to see something that you're not going to, you, you know. The only thing that's going to change up in that aspect is the cards. Uh, when they come out, who gets them, how you're building your deck kind of thing. And the mysteries. And Well, but I think at max players, all of the mysteries are out. Yeah, but everything's face down. So yeah. you don't know if you're they, going to be, be in a different location. Yeah, you don't right? know if
2: it's going to be doubled up two potions or right, Yep you're still going to be encouraged to uh, explore, explore even at and, and
1: turn stuff over yeah so that even with that though even though you're not like at, at max players you're not leaving something out whereas in a two player game you are leaving stuff out <laughs> so there's a piece of the replayability on a two player game is cuz you can potentially see new things on the board but even without that I think the replayability is pretty high in this one as well. I, I, like you said, you know, the, you're randomizing where things are going. So, you know, exploring the same location is not going to have net the same results. The cards are going to come out different. You're going to build your deck a little bit different based on the cards that come out. So I, I agree with you there. And I also agree with you with how many times. I, I would play this a full night as well. I, I know when we were playing the other night, I wanted to kind of keep going. It was just I had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to save a little bit towards the end, because... Uh, oh, no, you just shot your wad. <laughs> we know. No, no. <laughs> um, but no, for how many times to play, I, I would I would make a night of this easily. I would make this a game night uh, on its own, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which, since we've added that metric, this is the first game that's gotten that. Yes. So. <laughs> All right, so the theme for Clank. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I mean, we're big fantasy... Game players, so that theme appeals to us anyway. The fact that it's thieves kind of appeals to us as well. The fact that you get to a point where I mean, all right, we should kind of say so. Like actually, during normal play, you're not really interacting with each other very much. Not at all. It's more of a. It it is a solitaire kind of game at that point. But the one thing you're trying to keep in mind is how fast you can get the artifact and the loot that you think will help you win. How fast you can get back out because once you're out you kind of start screwing with the other players that are still playing.
2: There's very few cards that I think, and in our playthrough, I think I only saw one that directly impacts the other players. One of the monsters, when I defeated it, everybody else got a player. But the the biggest player interaction, like you said, is when you get out, and then there's this extra damage track around, and every time you move down that track, the dragon strikes, whether there's a, a, a dragon strike card revealed or not. And that's really the only time that the player is directly influencing some potential negative to the rest of the players. Right. But that's enough.
1: That's Yeah. I mean, that that was great. When you
2: get to the last <laughs> one, everybody dies.
1: Yeah. And, and so it's it's this, like, final countdown where everybody has to kind of rush back up towards the top, hope, hope they don't get Kato in the process, uh, and then, you know, uh, see who wins. So all of that worked for for me, for us. So the theme is... Spot on for me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I agree.
2: I've played a lot of actual stealth video games, but for kind of dungeon crawlers, this is the first one that is full on an entire party of thieves. Well, you're not really a party, but everybody's <laughs> a thief. It's not a, a mishmash of all the standard fantasy character classes. Or you know, some you're going in as the fighter, and somebody's going out as the cleric, and somebody is the thief. Everybody's a thief, and they do make that kind of noise slash stealth mechanic pretty, pretty, pretty obvious. And all the artwork is themed really, really well. I mean, both in the artwork, the leather cloak, and it's called an elven cloak. And uh, like, I had the whole elven outfit at one point, I had the cloak, the boots, and the dagger. So all I needed was some ears. Maybe that wasn't enough. Who knows? <clears throat> and then the the, the the board itself it looked kind of like parchmenty map. With it. some of the tunnels look hand drawn and hand drawn symbols for the thieves and the know, monsters, monsters this and stuff way, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's definitely heavily themed to be a, kind of a fantasy dungeon crawl. Nothing looking at it other than just looking at it i don't think there's anything that indicates that clank is the core mechanic but once you get into it and you see what it's going on but just looking at it it's a nicely themed
1: fantasy game. Mm-hmm. all right so fun factor slash overall what do you got yeah it's okay yeah sorry right. i i if, if you've got nothing better to do for yeah me, <laughs> i mean while i wait for
2: uh you know thunderstone quest no i i really like this game there's if i didn't have to have worked early today i definitely would have sat down for another game probably would have suggested we break out the the expansion so we could play on that map too this is a game that i really like i think it's really fun the designer here and renegade as the publisher they hit a home run this is the, the, the relaxed rulebook keeps it from being a 10, but... <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> this, is kind of, this is definitely a really high number. It's like 9.999 repeating to infinity. Really, really <laughs>
1: good. Yeah, okay. So for fun flag, fun factor slash overall, this is where I'm going to go ahead and say something I didn't say at the beginning, which is there, there was a lot of hype around this game. When I first looked at it, the... Artwork that I saw at the time did not appeal to me. I didn't understand the hype at the time. That was one of the reasons why I delayed on it. Well, I delayed because it was just sold out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so at first I kind of came into this thinking, okay, a hyped game is gonna that's gonna disappoint another hyped game that's gonna disappoint me. That's that's been overhyped. Uh, which is kind of funny because there's a whole thread that started today about, about hype and games and stuff. So Getting past that, and getting, getting past everybody else, and then just looking at it a little closer, and then getting this a downplay it, this game actually lived up to the hype. Definitely. Um, except the people that are touting this as the best game ever, or the best whatever ever. I, I, I'm not quite there. It is a solid game, though, don't get me wrong. It's a great game. It's one that we'll play over and over again. And, and it lived up to most of the hype I heard. So, if you're hearing hype and you're not sure about it, I mean, if you've agreed with some of the stuff we've said before, definitely check it out. Check out a bunch of other reviews. A lot of people are loving this game, and rightfully so. It's it's done a great job. The clank mechanic feels fresh. I we mean, have validated. their are <laughs> like for yeah, this yes. game. Yes, we have validated everybody else's hype. That's what we do. We're hype <laughs> validators. We're not game reviewers. We're hype validators. This time they're validated. But no, even, like I said, even for me, I was kind of coming in this going, eh, I don't know. But it is definitely a solid game. It's a lot of fun. I believe the other night you were talking about this, like, this is replaced, like, original Thunderstone. Obviously, we don't know anything. We haven't seen Thunderstone Quest or anything. But as far as the deck builder fantasy genre, I enjoy Thunderstone. I, I've got almost everything from the previous incarnation. But this, to me... Does replace that. This, this yeah, is Pathfinder's the game has always been.
2: been off on its own little thing. Yeah. Thunderstone has been my benchmark for an enjoyable fantasy deck builder, and this has replaced that.
1: Yeah. Alright, so there you go. That is our review of Clank. Okay? A deck building
2: adventure. A deck building adventure.
1: what we're watching sponsored by stephanie m thank you stephanie for sponsoring us over on patreon it's stephanie stephanie sorry (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so what we're watching i couldn't think of a whole lot and actually i don't think i've watched a ton but i did finish crazy Mm ex-girlfriend so there's like two seasons on netflix i enjoyed that i am almost done with iron fist now i don't hate it as much as everybody else but it's not the greatest thing ever and then we're trying to get caught up on the Arrowverse stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> my reading, my watching, we're catching up on the DC TV stuff, too. The Expanse just wrapped up. Really good finish to that. Still watching a little bit of The Ultimate Otaku Teacher when I have some time by myself. And since Nate brought it up earlier today, I decided to watch Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> nice.
1: What we're reading slash listening to, sponsored by Sheppy. So thank you, Sheppy, for sponsoring us over on Patreon. And for me, I haven't really been reading or listening to much of anything. I have been writing the rules to the trick to Hollywood, my game that uh, is hopefully going to be out here soon. So
2: I finished Thrawn, the uh, reinvention of Thrawn and the new. Star Wars continuity <laughs> it wasn't really a reinvention well I mean he wrote it the first time and he wrote it the second time <laughs> it was as I recall a lot of the details stayed pretty much the same but it was equally his story as it was his sidekick he, liked Bandos, he moved up the ranks he brought Phantos with him I mean it was enjoyable but it wasn't Yeah, you know, it's not anything that's going to make me read any more of the Star Wars books I just I just read this because it was Thrawn
1: oh uh, okay you said that last time, too, but it's the same book, right? Well, no, that was Tarkin, Okay, and that was a horrible part.
2: <laughs> I read it because it was Tarkin, and it sucked. I read this because it was Thrawn, and it was okay. Okay, so you might read some more Star Wars books. No, they've run out of characters <laughs> that interest me. You know, Solo's dead. Spoilers. Um, you know, and we're going to get that movie. Let's see here, what else? I'm reading Mageborn, The Line of Lineal, book two in an high fantasy series about a dude that turns out to be more than he thought with magic. Check it out. And I'm listening to Mythos, S, which is, I think, of the book fourth book I'm on. It's a series where the Greek gods still exist, and they run all the computers in the universe. And in this particular case, there's a strange problem, and one of the main characters ends up going to a North myth, uh, North Norse myth planet. Um, and it's really not that good. And when I finish it, I'm probably not going to read the next book for a while.
1: That's us I got. All right. So what we're playing, sponsored, Ooh, uncle, by, uncle. sponsored by Matt Warden. Loden? Matt, yeah, Matt Woden of Matt Woden Games.
2: He designs <laughs> uh, games.
1: He designs games. Matt Warden, thank you very much, Matt, for sponsoring us over on Patreon. So you want to go and you probably cover both of us? Sushi Days and Harry Potter. Yes. So we are never graduating Hogwarts. We are the worst students ever. (laughs) We have determined that we are in Hogwarts uh, Technical College. We're not at Hogwarts proper. And uh, we're still not doing so good. We're 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 the adults there for (laughs) We're getting, we're 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 not gonna graduate even now. We're just we're there on our GED course. <laughs> so then we broke away, took holiday and played some sushi dice. Which was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I got to hold Megan's hand. People actually like won something there. <laughs> and then the only thing other thing I'm still obviously playing shop heroes. Yes. <laughs> that's all I had. Alright. So uh, that is gonna bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you for everybody that's hanging out with us on Mixler for one of the last times. And with that, we'll wrap another episode. So I'm Jeff King, and I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to UnitedGeeksNetwork.com, where you will find Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from Laval Province. Discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Uh, 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 uh. The podcast do that cause all us geeks we last all this geeks.com. That's where we unleash the bomb. Jeff and Jordan from coast to coast. Best of the best. The number one host. So put up your cups and toast. Cause here the end we the But come back for more raps. More fun. More laughs. More this. More that. Up and down the mat. Cause we geeked up. And thanks for showing love. We give up viewers thanks.